In the East of Maine Sports Podcast this week, Chris and Mark will talk about what's going on in high school sports the past week and the upcoming week, what's, what went on in the NFL the past week and the upcoming week, and other goings-on in the world of sports. Stay tuned after these messages for the East of Maine Sports Podcast. Since 1946, Rowell's Garage in Dover-Foxcroft has been a part of a community, helping generations of Maine families. Now that it's back to school, Rowell's Garage reminds you to slow down and always stop for school buses. Rowell's Garage is proud to provide school bus service for S8068. And when it's time for a new-to-you vehicle or maintaining your current ride, the team at Rowell's Garage gives you superior service, not just during the sale, but after the sale, too. You can trust their ASC-certified mechanics to get repairs done the first time, on time. If you've been searching for a pre-owned vehicle you can depend on, you'll discover a great selection at Rowell's Garage. Come see for yourself by browsing the lot without feeling the pressure of a big dealer. And don't forget their on on-site automatic state-of-the-art drive-through car wash this fall. See them on Facebook for updates. You can also visit their easy-to-browse website to search for your next new-to-you vehicle. From cars, crossovers, SUVs, and trucks, find yours at RowellsGarage.com. Today on the Eastern Main Sports Podcast, we're going to talk about some high school sports. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about you, Maine Sports, and a little bit about Hudson football also. And uh, my name is Mark Callen. i got Chris Lesnar, as usual, with me today. And uh, was a, went kind of expected uh, last week in the uh, – we're going to start with the NFL. Went kind of expected as uh, the game that we are all paying attention to. Patriots 43, Dolphins nothing. And uh, Patriots did what they had to do, right, Chris? Uh, you know, everybody said, oh, bad team. That's very much true. But in past years, sometimes they played down to that competition. It was it's kind of tough to play it down with Miami Dolphins, though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's uh, it's a real sad situation there in Miami right now. They uh, they uh, failed to – I think they had 50 yards or so in the first half, I think, against New England there last Sunday. And But you can never take them for granted, though. And um, I think Brady's, Brady has a uh, losing record. I think it's the only team he has a losing record on the road against, I think, uh, in his career. So never underestimate the Dolphins, but um, – yeah, way to take care of business by the Patriots. They they did what they needed to do, and I think that's uh, that's going to happen to the Dolphins pretty much all year. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's talk about the defense a little bit, bit for the Patriots again. Uh, weak opponent, we know that, but the, the defense, I think, maybe better. We talked about it in the preseason, maybe better than it has been in years, and you know, kind of maybe they're going to be leaning on that a little bit here going forward as the season goes on, once the competition gets tougher, and they certainly have looked good the fir- first two weeks, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They um, they haven't allowed a uh, touchdown now, and it gets twelve quarters successfully. And uh, since the uh, AFC Championship, they haven't allowed a touchdown. Beat the Rams, uh, only allowed a field goal against the Rams Super Bowl, and then obviously the first two games they haven't allowed a touchdown either. So, pretty exciting to see that defense uh, stepping back up to where it used to be. And Jesus, uh, uh, what they have offensively, this is going to be a scary Patriots team to play against. It certainly has uh, one weakness that. You know, you you mentioned to you know to us in our little uh, chat that we do, and uh, you know many in the Boston media have mentioned is you know right now uh, the kicking position uh, it looks like a weakness and it won't hurt him probably this week and it didn't hurt him the first two weeks, but once the competition gets tougher when he's starting to play in the Chiefs and Cowboys and stuff like that, you know you're kind of going to need him to get better by then, aren't you? Yeah, you definitely are. He's uh, definitely struggling. He's been struggling. Um, you know, he had some missed kicks a few times last year too. Uh, didn't seem to hurt him any, but um, preseason this year, he's really struggled. And obviously, the, last, the first two games here, he struggled. He uh, 
missed a field goal and two extra points against Miami there the other day. And uh, um, I think he'll get back on track. Um, you know, he's been with the organization for a while and uh, he's a professional and uh, I'm sure he'll turn it around. Yeah, I hope so. And in the, I guess the point of that is there's really nothing better out there. If, if there was something better out there, they'd already be on a team, right? That's true. They wouldn't be uh, out there, you know, bagging groceries. They'd have a job in the NFL. Yeah, they 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 would already be kicking. So they, uh, you know, guys like Blair Walsh who kind of, you know, messed up the Vikings there for a while, and you know, other guys out there. I, you know, there's there's not much out there. So I think the best bet is trying to get him turned around, and hopefully they do. Um, as for the Patriots, we're going to go on to, you know, this week again a weaker opponent, but again they have to take care of business. Another team that really struggles offensively in the Jets. You know, one difference in them is they do have a, you know, a top notch player in Bell on their team. So, you know, that that is one difference between them and the Dolphins. But they just have their they're down to the third string quarterback. They they just seem to be a mess, didn't they, Monday night? Yeah, they did. And um, you know, uh, kudos for the Jets for staying in that game. I, I really thought Cleveland should have won that game forty five to three instead of twenty three to three. They left a lot of points out on the field and uh uh, credit for the Jets for at least hanging with it, and uh, they gave their effort all the way to the end, but they just don't have enough right now. Like you said, they're down to the third-string quarterback, and I can't see the game this Sunday being close to the 20 points, to be honest with you. Right. The point spread's like 22 and a half. That's a crazy point spread's coming out. The Patriots and Dolphins last week was crazy. They obviously they obviously covered that 22 and a half this week, and Dallas is favored by whatever, 21 and 22 over the Dolphins, too. You know, and, uh, you know they all might cover, right? Yeah, it's very possible, very possible, especially against the Jets and the Dolphins. And, um, you know, the other New York team, the Giants, not doing so much either. And they've, they've turned out a Daniel Jones, who they want to be their franchise quarterback. Eli Manning's going to take a seat and see what happens there. Maybe maybe it'll uh, add some spark and get the Giants a few wins here in the next couple of weeks. Actually, that's going to lead us right into our next topic, Chris. Good job. That was a good – they call that a lead-in. <laughs> that's what they call that. Um, I want to talk about Eli Manning and – I know I was looking up some numbers today, and I I think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Uh, yes, he only 500 record in the regular season, but if you compare his numbers to Joe Namath, Joe Namath was actually a little bit under 500 in his career, and he won one Super Bowl. Eli Manning was 500 and put up better num- overall numbers and won two. I think if you're going to play it like that, and Joe Namath's on the Hall of Fame. I, I think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. What do you think? You know, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence with that, Mark. But if he's if you strictly look at stats, which is usually what they look at with um, Hall of Famer, and, and he's won two Super Bowls as well, so you have to figure that in. A lot of guys in the Hall of Fame has never even been to a Super Bowl, so th- that and the stats, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't see why not uh, why you like can't be a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, and about that switch, um, yeah, as you talked about a little bit, they're going to Jones, which you know eventually they would, but if. If you look at Eli Mina's numbers through two games, he's obviously not the problem. They don't they don't have any receivers, and he's not actually doing horribly. So they kind of just jumped that switch, and I, you know, kind of, you know, it could set back Jones if he goes struggles here a little bit, and the team struggles, and you know, like they like they're probably going to no matter who the quarterback is, you know. So um, kind of a gutsy move there, switching to him after only week two there, but we'll see what happens because I don't think they're going to be good either way, right? No, I I don't believe so. It it it. it kind of stinks for them though because uh Barkley's such a uh, great player and um they're going to be relying obviously heavily on him for the rest of the season yeah so both New York teams they have a great running back but that's pretty much all they have huh 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Barkley's phenomenal. Uh, if I get a chance ever to watch a Giants game, it's it's not because I'm tuning in for the quarterbacks. I'm tuning in to watch uh, Barkley. He's a great player. Yep, he certainly is. Now let's go on to some of the um, other action last week. Let's start with the uh, Packers and Vikings. A good win for the Packers, 21-16 to over the Vikings. A good division win. Um, you know, the Packers have two good wins earlier this season, don't, don't they? And, uh, you know, their defense kind of kind of similar to the Patriots looks very strong this year. Yeah, they do. And um, didn't know if you also knew this was first two and I'll start for a green bases, 2015. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been very efficient. Uh, Devontae Adams was out doing his thing the other day there in that game against Minnesota and the defense was doing their thing as well. Um, yeah, very, very strong uh, looking Packers team here early on, but that's the key word right there is early Mark. Certainly is. Um, this was a Sunday night game. What an ending for Atlanta, huh? In defeating uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I thought really the difference in the game, really, neither team rushed the ball very well, but the pressure they put on Carson Wentz, I thought, made the difference in the game. The Falcons had four sacks, and, uh, you know, they only got pressure on Matt Ryan once. They sacked him only one time, and, and uh, you know, Julio Jones had a huge game. He's now got almost 11,000 yards for the Falcons in his career. He had two touchdowns there the other night. Yeah, that was a big win for the Falcons who bounced back after a uh, very bad performance the first week against Minnesota. The uh, next game we're going to talk about, and the last one for last week's games, is uh, the Rams over the Saints. Didn't end up close. Drew Brees went out early. Uh, that obviously affected the, how close that was. I thought the Rams were going to win either way. But, um, you know, big loss, obviously, for the Saints. And uh, the Rams kind of proved that right now, I think they're one of the teams teams to beat in the NFC. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, they always have that, you know, that line. And so you beat the beat the champs, they're going to be the favorites. So Rams did their thing out there the other day. And one of the one of the stats I really looked at that kind of amazed me is when's the last time you've seen a Saints team only get 260 total yards in a game? It was kind of shocking to see that. And obviously Drew Brees, him being out, obviously made a difference. But Rams did their thing with uh, Cooper Cup, and he won over 100 yards, and, and they outrushed the, outrushed the Saints, too, 115 to 57. So they really controlled the clock and controlled the game, and uh, it really wasn't close to the start, Mark. Yeah, and uh, well, that, we'll leave that, that right into this coming week's games where uh, we'll start with the Saints, and uh, they, they go to Seattle. Without Drew Brees, another very solid defense, another team that should be solid in the NFC. And uh, really, it, it's going to be t- – Seattle's always a tough place to play, no matter how the Seattle team really is. But um, that's going to be really tough for New Orleans, isn't it? Yeah, definitely will be. And um, Seattle, I can't pick against them at home. And um, they're definitely a, a better home team than they are a road team. But one of the concerns I have for Seattle the first two weeks is that they've allowed, you know, 46 total points in two games against the Bengals – and the Steelers, who are both not very good teams right now. So that would be the one concern I have about Seattle. But with no Drew Brees, I, I don't give the Saints much of a chance there um, going to Seattle this weekend. I agree with you there. Um, the next one, the last one we're going to check on, uh, check in on for the NFL, the uh, Texans at the Chargers. This should be a, a quality game, shouldn't it, Chris? Yeah, that should be a very, very good game. Um, you know, with the holdout of the uh, San Diego running back there, uh, Austin Eckler has been uh, a good fill-in for them. He's had uh, two rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns over the first two weeks, and that's been good for the Chargers. Uh, they lost a tough one last week there against Indianapolis at home, but 
Um, it's going to be a tough one this week too with Deshaun Watson coming in and Collar's Hyde. He, uh, since he, since he came over, he's, uh, averaging almost six yards of carry. Um, I like the Texans in the, that one this weekend to, uh, control the clock and, uh, and, uh, pull out a close win at, uh, LA. Good stuff there. Now what we're going to do, uh, here, um, before we end our NFL kind of segment for the, for this week, uh, we're going to give, um, our top five, um, and we're, I'm actually going to start with uh, Jeff. Jeff wasn't able to join us today, but I'm going to start with him and then uh, go you and then I'll do mine. But uh, Jeff had the Patriots at one, uh, Chiefs at two, Rams at three, Cowboys at four, and Ravens at five. That's his list. Um, what, what's your list, Chris? I had the uh, Patriots one, the Chiefs second, the Rams third, the Cowboys fourth, and uh, Green Bay fifth. Something I did want to mention real quick is that um, I think the Ravens will – show what they made up this weekend when they go to Kansas City and see how they can do against the Chiefs there. The Chiefs home opener this weekend. Yeah, and that was my bad. We were going to check check in on that game too. And uh but yeah, you're right. That's um that's gonna be tough. You know, no matter how good you are going to going to Kansas City. But yeah, if I can't thinking, if, I if can't rate I can't rate Baltimore too high after wins over Miami and Arizona. I just I just couldn't do it. Yeah, them not very solid teams there. But uh the uh um, it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, Baltimore can show that if they if they can even stay with them, it would it would show a lot, you know, to at in the in the Chiefs' home opener, you know, that that would show a lot this week. Um, even if they don't get the win, just how they play there, because that's definitely a tough place to play. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, we have the same top three, all three of us: uh, Patriots, Chiefs, Rams. I have the Seahawks four and the Cowboys five. But again, the Seahawks, um, you know, will have some challenges ahead, and uh, we'll see where they're at. And uh, but I think that I think. Pat's Chiefs, Pat, I think the Patriots and Chiefs will probably stay at top two for most of us most of this year, unless injuries happen to, uh, you know, we don't want to see it for either team. One of their top position, you know, skill players and quarterbacks or, you know, something like that. And we don't want to see that. And uh, we'd like to see them both uh, be healthy all year and, uh, you know, meet meet at the end, meet in the AFC Championship game again. That would be that would be good stuff. But um, any anything else you want to say about the, uh, about, uh, the NFL before we um, move on, Chris? Not really. I was just kind of looking at the stats of the Chiefs over there for the couple of weeks, and obviously we know how good Mahomes is, but 821 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions over the first two games. That will get it done. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know he, he's the real deal. I don't think uh, I don't think I mean obviously it's only two weeks this year, but I mean I don't think it was a one one year wonder there, and uh, we'll see what he's got going forward. But that's, that definitely will be a good 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 test for the Patriots later on in the season, and. Uh, Kind of looking forward to them get getting to those uh, those those kind of games, but it's going to be a while. Yeah, definitely. I like we've discussed uh, uh, off subject off this podcast. Like we've discussed, I I have a hard time seeing the first eight games of the season being within fourteen points. To be honest with you, probably right. But they again, they got to stay healthy, not play down to the competitions. You know, because obviously it's tough to play down to the Dolphins this year. But see how they do, and they they, <laughs> they probably will roll the Patriots, but. Uh, you know, again, in past years, they kind of played down. And there's a couple of teams in there where if they do play down to them, it will be a closer game, unlike uh, the Miami Dolphins. And probably this week, I agree with you that they shouldn't, even if they play bad, not, it's not going to be close. But anyway, we're going to take a short break and then be back with you. We're going to talk some uh, college sports and some high school sports here on this week's Eastern Maine Sports Podcast. Be back with you in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Elijah Ames from Ames Chiropractic Wellness Center in Bangor and Lincoln. Are you experiencing pain from sports injuries that are keeping you on the sideline? 
If so, Ames Chiropractic can help you get back in your game. My dad, Dr. Rick, and I have been working as a team to help athletes get back to the activities they love faster and feeling better than ever. If you're experiencing pain while playing a sport you love, come see us at Ames Chiropractic and we'll put you on a custom treatment program, which may include chiropractic care, massage, and the Arconia laser. Have you recently experienced a painful sports injury? Utilizing the healing power of the Arconia laser, we can help speed up your recovery time, getting you back on the field. How about a concussion? Yep, we can help your recovery there too. Don't let your pain or sports injury keep you down. Schedule an appointment with Ames Chiropractic today by calling 907-AIMS or visiting aimschiro.net. Relief is in sight at Ames Chiropractic Wellness Center in Bangor and Lincoln, helping you to naturally feel and be your very best. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union now serve in all of Piscataquis, Penobscot, and Somerset counties. Visit them in Dexter, Guilford, Dover, Foxcroft, Greenville, Brownville, and Keenan, providing personal service and shared value. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union, member NCUA, and equal housing lender. See you at the game. If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Call them today, 207-468-1759 or check them out online, MaineAthleticFundraising.com. Meats. It's a family-owned and operated business located in Guilford, Maine. We operate a local retail meat market and a full-time USDA-inspected meat slaughterhouse, smokehouse, and processing plant. The company has been in business since the 1920s and is now run by a third and fourth ge generation. Heron Brothers has a wide variety of meat products available, from whole, whole sides of beef and pork, roasting pigs, to individual steaks and boxes of wicked good beef jerky. Back here with you on the Eastern Maine Sports Podcast. My name is Mike Callen. I got Chris Lesnar joining with me, joining me today. And uh, we're going to go on to the uh, college scene, Chris. We're going to start with uh, UMaine football and uh, tough one last Saturday, uh, last Saturday night, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, it was. Um, Maine did uh, actually ended up with 469 yards of offense. Chris Ferguson threw for over 400 yards for the second time in the season, but. The difference was he had four interceptions, and Townsend scored, outscored Maine twenty-one nothing on points off turnovers, and they are also Townsend was also seven out of eight with six touchdowns in the red zone. That will also get it done. Um, I thought the key play of the game really was Maine was trailing by fifteen early in the fourth quarter, and they were at the Townsend thirty-eight, and Ferguson got picked off for the fourth time on the night. And Keon Pay from Townsend returned at 73 yards to the one-yard line. And then their running back, Yeezy Thirat, he, he ran in his fourth touchdown of the night. Kind of interesting on that Thirat from uh, Townsend. He's a transfer from Tennessee Tech. He's a senior this year, but he came in this year with five career touchdowns. He uh, He's already got five in 2019, including four in the win over the Black Bears. Well, yeah, that's a great start for him and for Townsend. Um, now, going um, this week, uh, what do you expect in the uh, main Colgate game? I will, I expect, well, I know you're going to get to your prediction later in this week, but uh, what kind of game? What what kind of game do you expect it to be? I expect a ground control type game from the Black Bears. I mean, they're going to spread it around like they usually do, but 
I expect him to get the run game back in shape. Um, Coach Charlton said he needs to do a better job getting the run game figured out. So I see a heavy dose of uh, Manuel Reeb in the backfield this week for Maine, along with Joe Fitzpatrick. And um, I think they're going to get it turned around this week and uh, come up with a win on the road at Colgate. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope they can do that. Um, now, going forward in the conference, obviously, um, you know, Townsend kind of proved, proved their worth. They, there's other tough competition in the conference, isn't there? Yeah, there definitely is. Uh, obviously, James Madison is the obvious one. Maine does not play them this year. But Villanova is off to a 3-0 start, and they're off to a 1-0 conference start as well. And after this game at Colgate, um, that's why Maine needs to get playing better this weekend because next weekend they go to Villanova, and that's going to be a tough challenge down there. So um, Villanova, um, James Madison, Townsend, Maine, all in that mix at the top of the conference this year. Right, should be interesting going forward. Um, we're gonna go switch over. Um, the Huston home opener is this Saturday, right, Chris? And uh, what do you what do you know about that? Yeah, this Saturday they're uh, hosting uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute out of Massachusetts. Of course, this is the first year of Huston football being in the new conference, Commonwealth Coast Conference. So they don't play any. Um, no division games, no conference games until October 5th. They start their conference season at Becker. But um, on the schedule this year, they got uh, University of New England coming here to Bangor. So that ought to be a fun one. That, that should be. And uh, then they're, uh, again, they, they uh, start this Saturday. Uh, you're going to be there covering that, right? Yeah, I'll be there this Saturday. They uh, they lost their opener down at UMass Dartmouth. Um, a couple guys for Huston that had a big game. David Morrison, the quarterback, had 339 yards and five touchdowns. And Tyler Halls had 13 catches for 185 yards and a touchdown. And Aiden Hogan had six catches, 105 yards, but six of those catches, four of those were touchdowns. So they all had big games. It was a back-and-forth game down there at UMass Dartmouth last weekend. And um, back-and-forth game that UMass Dartmouth ended up scoring a touchdown in overtime, and Husson came up short on on the other end of the field to try to send it to a second overtime. So, tough way to start for Husson, but um, uh, Eagles have been strong. They do start in this new conference this year, but um, I think they'll have a strong season um, as they have uh, over the several several past seasons we've seen them. Well, uh, Chris will have all that for you Saturday. Twitter page Eastern Emmy Sports. Uh, he'll have updates and also the scores page. On, uh, Scores group, scores group, sorry, on Eastern Maine Sports, uh, the scores group on uh, Facebook. So have you all covered? He'll have a recap later on after that one's over. Um, other, other than that, in uh, college sports, uh, you may feel lucky. They're still in the top 25, I believe, right? And I think they are. And, uh, they're, I believe they're so. I haven't seen the new rankings come out. I know they're one and four so far, but um, I don't know if that, that loss last weekend pushed them out of the top 25 or not. I haven't seen the new rankings as of yet. Um, Maine soccer, though, um, off to a good start. They went 4-2 and two in um, non-conference, which is a good start in non-conference for them. And now they start America East play with uh, Stony Brook coming in this Sunday. So, yeah, Is that at home? Yeah, that's at home at uh, Mahaney Diamond, yep. Yeah, people want to get out to that one. Uh, that 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 would be a good one, and they're playing well, so they definitely deserve people out there watching them. And uh, you know, and I know uh, Maine Maritime defeated Hudson uh, Soccer, both men's and women's, uh, uh, last weekend. So that's that's a little bit of the college wrap. And uh, now we are going to go uh, jump right over to the uh, high school ranks, and uh, we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with uh, field hockey. We're going to just go down. Uh, we're going to end it with football, but we're going to start it with a uh, 
feel like you were just going to go down the top kind of teams right now in each, uh, or who was doing well, I should say, in each uh, class. In Fialaki, Skowhegan, Mount Blue, they're both 5-0. and oh. uh, You know, as usual, Skowhegan's kind of rolling there. They had a big win over Mesolonski the other night. In Class B, Lawrence and Winslow, they seem to be the, the class of that class right now. They're both 5-0. and oh. uh, Class C, uh, Dover, uh, Foscoff, the Ponies, had a big win over Dexter for nothing last Thursday. Dexter's 4-1. and one. Uh, Foscroft is 4-0. And, oh. and uh, uh both of them real good. Uh, Mountain Valley, they're going to be a, they're going to be a challenge to uh, the Ponies and the Tigers in Class C as they're in Class C North this year, and uh, they're playing well too. So a team that they, those teams won't see in the regular season, but definitely come tournament time, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, we're going to go head over to girls soccer where um, uh, Camden Hills um, they have started the season four and zero. They've outscored their opponents twenty three to three already, so they're kind of showing that they're the top of Class A girls soccer. Um, Herman is 3-0 in Class B. Uh, MCI is also off to a good start, as is Winslow. Uh, Herman plays at Caribou on uh, this weekend, so that's going to be a big one there. Um, one to pay attention to, see what happens. In uh, Class C girls, oh, it's, it, I, I'd say this this is probably the most balanced class. you got you got Fort Kent, you got Central, you got Orno, Callis, Sumner. They're all undefeated, as is Holton. And, and they're all good teams. They're all good quality teams, and uh, – you know, any one of those uh, teams could come come away out of there. Uh, Class D, uh, Penobscot Valley, um, strong. Um, one to pay attention to, and we'll have the score for you. I mean, um, probably before you'll listen to this podcast, but sometime uh, Wednesday night we'll have the score for you. But, but Central's up in Howland on Wednesday afternoon to play in the uh, uh, play in PBHS, and that that's a good good uh, good measuring stick for both of those teams to see where they are. Uh, Penobscot Valley should be one of the best teams in Class. D Central should be a, a top contender in Class C, so it'll be interesting to see the result of that one on Wednesday. In uh, boys soccer, Class A Lewiston and Brunswick at the top there, both four and zero. In Class B, uh, Caribou off to a strong start, three and one. John Baps they've also off to a good start. In Class C, um, some team you know there's a lot of contenders. Three that I've kind of pointed to right now is um, here, kind of early in the season still. Well, about 33% through and out, Chris. Getting, getting, getting late fast, I guess. But uh, Sumner, <laughs> Sumner, Central, and Orno all undefeated. And, uh, you know, so that's going to be uh, – I know Central hosts Orno here in a couple weeks, um, first week of October, I think. So that, that would be interesting, one I'm hoping to cover there. Um, in Class D, uh, Central Rusick 6-0. and And uh, Penobscot Valley's 5-0. and They've scored 30 goals through five games, so they average six goals a game. So they're kind of an offensive powerhouse there. So there's a wrap on that. I'm going to jump over to high school football now. Um, talk about a, talk about a few games. Um, start with uh, kind of Bucksport. They made it known that they're they're they they're the favorites, I believe, in Class D, and they kind of showed it showed it again last week. Um, Bullying over Dexter, 43 to seven, uh, in the, just a dominate dominating fashion. Uh, their line's tough. Jackson Gross is a freshman. He's leading the way, you know, running back. He got a bunch of scores last week. They got a veteran uh, veteran line led by David Gross, and they, you know, they got a quarterback that's returning from last year. Um, again, they've just got a balanced team and uh, going to be tough to beat, uh, those Bucksport Bucks. Um, the next one we're going to talk about, Herman. Wyatt Gogan had a big game for them. Uh, they kind of came out after losing the, losing the opening and rolled over Waterville, 54-27. And uh, Brewer had a big win over Gardner, 22-20, coming off the – opening the game loss to Class A Bangor. 
and uh, you know they they is a big win because Gaden is not a not a bad team, and that was a good win for Brewer. Um, the last one we're going to talk about from last week is one I'm going to let you talk about when you were at uh, Madomic Valley. They got up early, Chris, and then Belfast came back, but it might have had something to do with an injury to Madomic Valley, and Madomic Valley held on for the win, right? Yeah, they did. They're um... Madomic's uh, outstanding senior tailback, Drew uh, Severson, he scored three touchdowns in the first half, but on his third touchdown, he uh, went down in the end zone and didn't get back up for a while. And um, he was seen in the second half. I don't, I can't disclose what kind of injury it was, but he was seen on crutches on the sideline in the second half. Madomic uh, got out to an early uh, lead. They got out to a 32 to six lead uh, early in the third quarter. And then had to help hold on there against uh, Belfast. Belfast outstanding running back. I Cunningham led them back a little bit, but Belfast uh, fell ten points short, thirty-two twenty-two. But I was really impressed with Madomic. Uh, they're definitely a running team. Their quarterback only attempted three passes all night, so definitely like to keep it on the ground. And uh, Levi Ward and uh, Colvin Standrig both uh, filled in for Severson uh, very well there in the second half, and uh, was able to get the victory for the Panthers. Yep, the big win there, and uh, now big uh, test for them this week, by the way, against Winslow. That will uh, tell should tell them a lot about where they're at right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Winslow, one of the favorites in uh, in Class C, and uh, if Madoma Valley can put up a fight or win that game, that that kind of just prove that they belong to be in the talk too with Winslow, MCI, and teams like that. If they can do that, and uh, no, but but they they they'll probably be right there. They'll be in the playoffs and uh, be right there in the mix, no matter what happens this week. But um, we're going to go on to games for this week. Um, you know, there's a few big ones. Uh, I think Brewer at Mount Blue is uh, going to be interesting to see uh, kind of where both those teams are at, and that, that should be a, a quality game. Uh, Waterville and Bat should be a good game. Um, kind of two teams hoping to be in the mix for a playoff spot at the end, and uh, I think they're, they're going to need this win, um, you know, when it comes right down to it, to if, if at the end they are going to get in. Both these teams are going to need a win like this to get in. Uh, so that should be good. That's uh, Waterville at BAP. Uh, Levitt at Foxcroft. Uh, Levitt, one of the top teams in Class C. Foxcroft uh, really can see where they're at when they uh, match up with the Hornets. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy for the Ponies, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, you know, Foxcroft's hoping to be right up there. You know, they seem to win Class D every year, as I've mentioned uh, a few times, that I think Bucksport may be the favorite this year, though. And uh, But if Foxcroft can pull off a win or – or play well against a team like Levitt, you know, that could change people's minds. And uh, again, I don't think they play Bucksport till the last week of the regular season. So they got a lot of time, a lot of time, time to get better. They get a tough two week stretch here for Foxcroft though. They play, they host Levitt this week and then next Saturday they play at Winslow. So it's definitely not a, not an easy two game stretch there. Um, the last one I'm going to talk about for this coming week, um, Dexter at Holton. Um, Dexter coming off that, that loss to Bucksport. Holton's two and all. They haven't played the top teams in the class yet. But they've got a, their skill players are very talented, and uh, um, Velia got a our athlete of the week this past week, and uh, they also got a sophomore wide receiver, Caleb Solomon. Um, I think they they throw it more than most teams of that class, and and you know again they got good skill players, but again they haven't played a team as physical as strong as Dexter yet, so it's going to be a tough one. But they are home, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think that's going to be a, a close game either way, um, so that that will be Friday night at, at Holton. So. That's what's happened in the high school scene, and uh, should be should be a fun week in uh, high school, you know, NFL, and all that. Um, Chris, anything else to say about that? 
No, nothing more to add. I, I think it's time to go on to the highlights and the lowlights, Mark. All right. And why? Oh, we'll let you start. We'll let you start, and then I'll get mine after. All right. Well, I'll start with my low light. I'll start with the low here. Um, very, very, very disappointed with the main football crowd last Saturday night against Townsend. That was uh, touted as the biggest scheme. It was the biggest scheme in the 127-year history of main football. And uh, just wonder where the crowd was at. So that's my low light of the week. I thought that was um, terribly disappointing to uh, see the turnout there with two top teams playing. Um, and the weather was decent. I mean, there was a few shot showers a little bit of mist but nothing that nobody was going to melt so that was my that was my disappointment of the week and my low light my highlight was um arkansas state played georgia in football last saturday and that's not the story um the georgia crowd actually wore pink to honor arkansas state head coach blake anderson who lost his wife to uh breast cancer back on august 19th what a gesture by georgia so that's my highlight of the week no doubt. I saw that. That was, that was great stuff. And, you know, it was, had to be so emotional for him and uh, just for a visiting crowd to do that. I mean, that was, that was great. That was a good one, Chris. Good job. And uh, my highlight and low light are, have to do with baseball. I'm going to start with the low light and it's as low as you can get. The, the Vasquez, uh, Vasquez, the uh, closer for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates um, involved in, you know, child porn and, you know, uh, having having sex with a minor and all that and uh hopefully he never sees a sees a baseball field or out if if this is true hopefully he never sees out of a uh out of a cell you know outside of a cell again because uh just disgusting what what he did and uh well what he, i should say what he's accused of doing right now but it seems like uh, a lot of details coming in that there's at least some truth to it so very very sad thing there um and my highlight also to do with baseball uh, Yaz hit a homer at Fenway, and uh, I, I might not have been so excited about it if the Red Sox were tied for first and he did it to help the Giants go pull out a win last night. But, uh, um, you know, it's still a good thing, no matter where the Red Sox are in the standings, that uh, uh, Skremski hit a homer at Fenway. And uh, it's just great to see how emotional Kyle is about all this. He wasn't there last night. He will be Wednesday night tonight. Um, just to see how, I mean, he's comparing it to, the, you know, this moment to the uh, 67 season, you know, where – that pretty much turned around the Red Sox franchise when he, you know, the 67 season, they, they were had 2000 people at games, you know, before that, you know, and, and he, he, to him, this, this means just, means just as much. And obviously it's his grandson and great stuff. And good for the, the kid. I say kid, he's 29, but he has 20 home runs. He's only, he's, he's only, he's only been up since the end of May. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's kind of, yeah. um, you know, good for him and proven Baltimore Orioles made another mistake. What a surprise that is, huh? And, uh, uh, <laughs> and you know, uh, I, yeah. I kind of heard the, you know, them talk about that this morning. I thought the Skrimsky thing was kind of cool, and and they said this first Skrimsky to, uh, you know, hit a home run, uh, hit a home run at Fenway since 1983. And you know, one of one of the talk show people I was listening to this morning on the Dan Levertard show goes, "Well, not too many people out there you named your Skrimsky, so." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Jones. It's not like Jones or Smith, right? But uh, yeah, but uh, what a yeah, it was a great moment, and uh, it, you know, be interesting series. Another thing to, and obviously we know the Red Sox, you know, season's over as far as making the playoffs. But one thing to watch here going forward, Eduardo Rodriguez will have three starts. He'll pitch this Thursday, and then next Tuesday, and then the last game of the regular season. If he wins them all, he'll get twenty. I'm not all for this individual stuff usually, but. 
that would be a great accomplishment for a guy, you know, going forward that should be a key part of the Red Sox team for years. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can get that. But he, even if he doesn't, he's had a great season. So, but I think that pretty much covered everything we wanted to talk about, hasn't it, Chris? Yeah, um, maybe you can touch on it more. I I saw a report earlier. I didn't get a chance to read it. Something about they're not going to prosecute at all on Antonio Brown. Yeah, I guess. I I haven't seen I haven't seen either way. I mean, I yeah. That, lastly, on that, I, I I don't know what he did or didn't do with that. I, I don't. Either way, I don't think it was a good signing, and I think there's going to be more drama coming up. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, if he didn't do that, that's that's good that he's not being prosecuted. But uh, you know, I, I I actually didn't hear that, but I I, I believe oh, okay. it. I I, I saw a, I saw a report that I I didn't actually read, and it said something about not being prosecuted. So I agree with you, Mark, that Antonio Brown was not a good signing because think of it this way: you get the guy on a roll, you know, he's really helping the team, and then. You know, week before the playoffs or in the playoffs, like bang, he gets suspended. You know, it's just just not a good situation. Yeah, and now they have, for different reasons, they have two guys like that. <laughs> that, that that you know they they could get on a roll, and one or both of them could be out for the key pot, key games, or, or the playoffs. And that's Josh Gordon, obviously. Also, <laughs> you know, they got so they got got two guys where, yeah, they could put up great stats and great numbers, and then something could happen, and boom, they're gone. You know, and that's that's. Great. Three, if you want to add in Patrick Chung, so yeah, true, true, yes, yeah, true. But uh, don't know what don't know what he's been up to lately. But uh, he's uh, still playing, and uh, we'll see uh, see what happens with him. But yeah, the, so stuff like that, and also again, I think the Patriots are good enough without Antonio Brown, and obviously on the field for the moment he makes them better. But also his whatever drama comes up is not going to help them, you know, you know, going forward. If they may avoid it, I mean, obviously they're the same team that had Aaron Hernandez on the team. They were able to avoid a lot, but you know, they, they may be able to do that, but then it just seems like more stuff keeps coming up with him, but we can touch on that maybe more next week if he's still on the team or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> like you said, though, I still, I still think the Patriots are, are, uh, you know, a step above, uh, any other team in the NFL, even without Antonio Brown. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, again, I and I've told you guys, I think one of the reasons Bill Belichick signed him is to keep him away from the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and uh, I think that might have been might have been why, because obviously the Chiefs aren't shy about who I, who I do want to mention that are probably on the verge of, of uh, stealing that quarterback there from Jacksonville as well. So they're trying to upgrade their team, uh, trying to get in there where they didn't maybe they didn't get Brown. But maybe later on here, they, they can nab that guy from Jacksonville. there, the the uh, stand up corner. I think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, who Ramsey? Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, reports have been coming out. You know that the Chiefs are the top suitors for him. So, obviously, probably you know probably upset not getting Brown. Uh, we'll step up and get Ramsey or something. So that'll again, help the Chiefs. Know, again, I don't even know if they were trying to get Brown, but I think in Belichick's mind, uh, you know, yeah. that would that would make them even more dangerous. They need to, you know, what I mean. That that would put him up. up Step, step above so yeah Ramsey would yeah. be a good sign for them I guess but he's another another trouble player so you know we'll see yeah see, see how yeah. that goes but but we're gonna wrap it up Chris and uh you know thanks for joining me today we'll we'll do it again next week we'll have plenty to talk about and uh and NFL and high school ranks the baseball season will be winding down we'll be able to talk about the playoffs for them and uh and all bunch more hockey will be starting soon too all right yeah, hockey's coming right up. Uh, Maine plays the week after next. They open their season at Providence, and uh, 
you know, we'll have a preview and everything on eastermainsports.com. People can check it out. And I uh, want to say uh, feel better, Jeff, whenever you listen to this. Hope you're feeling better, buddy. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Signing off. Thank you to the following businesses for sponsoring this podcast. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union, Ames Chiropractic, Hometown Pizza and Deli, The Charles Inn, Riles Garage, Heron Brothers, and Maine Athletic Fundraising. Thank you to them for uh, sponsoring this broadcast. If you'd like to sponsor this bro- any of the uh, podcasts or interviews coming up, please contact Mark at easternmainsports at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, have a good day.